Such a great um, past few weeks of the series on church matters and um, really wonderful to meditate in God's Word regarding the body of Christ. But today I want us to really to meditate on a bit on wisdom. And the, the Bible has much to say about that, but we're going to be looking at James chapter 1, verse 5 to 8. Why don't you open your Bibles there, James chapter 1. <clears throat> We're going to read from verse 5 to 8. This is what the Word of the Lord says. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways. Oh Lord, um, I ask you that you will speak to us as we meditate in this, in your word, Lord. Please, I, I ask you that you'll speak starting with me, Lord. And I do want to acknowledge that I lack wisdom and I, even as I preach, I ask you that you would um, help me and help us. Speak to us tonight, Lord, I ask you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> in my first week at seminary, um, I remember one of our, my lecturers, Dr. Sam Doga, he, told, he made this statement. You have nothing to say that we want to hear. Very first week, we got there, and, and he was prepping us and doing assignments and all of that, and he said this, you have nothing to say that we want to hear. And I was, I was a bit offended by that. Um, and, you know, a little bit, I was like, oh, that is so mean and so uh, arrogant, but as the years in college went on, then I understood what he meant. <laughs> it meant that as a first-year student, there's nothing I have to say that hasn't been said yet. <laughs> and, and what he was saying is, all we want to hear from you, all, all we want you to do is to do your research and um, be able to present a, a good paper that you have understood the topic and said, maybe by fourth year you might have some original ideas, but that's very hard. But the indignation that I felt was because of one little truth that I thought I was wise enough to have something to say. And, and today, I, I've entitled my, 
by my sermon as you're not as wise as you think. And we're going to be constantly going back to that. You're not as wise as you think. And I know we're not that kind of church, but you, you can tell to your friend next to you, you're not as wise as you think. <laughs> so let's just look at a little bit about our, our context in, in the book of James. The, James' readers were churches uh, scattered in in the Palestine Jewish Christians, and they were suffering persecution and living in poverty. They were in social and spiritual conflict. Some, some of them were living in a worldly manner, and, and that's why James emphasizes so much of, well, if there is no fruit, your faith is dead. And they were in persecution and trials. We see this from, from verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And so, that's, that's a little bit of, of the context that we find ourselves in. And then we go to, to our verse that we started. And... Here's my first point. We have limited wisdom. Very simple. And I know that, that we know that. But there is a, an implication of this. And, and it's interesting that James starts with, if anyone lacks uh, any wisdom. He, he could really say, since all of you, <laughs> or all of us, have some lack of, of wisdom, but he was very pastoral in the sense. But there is a presupposition here that is underlying, and that is that we have limited wisdom. We do not have exhaustive, exhaustive wisdom. And though this is a simple truth, it re I really believe it's, it's worth us pondering about this. For it implies, I don't know it all. I don't know it all, and you don't know it all. And yet, we live in an age, I don't know if you've been on social media, there is a, definitely an attitude uh, expressed on Twitters and Facebook status and posts of, I know it all. I have uh, an exhaustive knowledge. And, and this is, is something that I want us to be aware of. We have limited wisdom. But what, what do we mean by wisdom? And this, this word wisdom in the Greek um, is the word Sophia. And, and some... Um, lexicons um, express it like this. Wisdom, inside, skill, full intelligence, and it's used of the knowledge of very diverse matters. And, and the Bible contrasts, though. There is a wisdom that comes from God, and there is a human wisdom. And let me just cite some of the examples of this. So Paul, 
For example, referring to um, human wisdom, in 1 Corinthians 1.19, he calls the wisdom of the wise, the wisdom of the world, uh, human wisdom, the wisdom of men, fleshly wisdom. And these are all one and the same. There's a wisdom of man. Romans 1.12, claiming to be wise, they became fools. Proverbs 16.25, there is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He'll make straight your paths. 1 Corinthians 1, 19, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Can you see all the kind of wisdom of men? And, and, and how does... The Bible portrayed this wisdom. It's not in a positive matter. It is in a negative matter. In actual fact, James himself does a, a very good comparison in later on in, in, the, in, the book, in his book, in chapter 3. Look at what he says. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts and do not boast and be false to the truth, listen to this. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But... The wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Can you see the contrast between these two wisdoms? And what, it, what, and what the Bible is saying there, and what this James is saying, and even overall, is that when we are prone to lean in our own wisdom, what seems right in our own eyes, and, and rely on our own understanding, it's bad news. It is, it is not good. It is portrayed in a negative manner. But the wisdom that is from above is, is good, is pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And, and I, I just see this um, very evident, especially on social media, where people trying to portray that they are wise and, and putting um, uh, uh, statements of um, demeaning other people and, and, and just like there is an expression in Brazil that... Um, I gave him a slap with the glove. I don't know if that expression exists here, but it's like it's an arrogant slap, you know? And, and that's what it's like sometimes in, in social media. And, and people trying to portray to be wise with words and fancy words, but it's human wisdom and it's bad news. 
It's not gentle. It's not pure. It's not full of mercy. It's not open to reason. It's not impartial. It's not sincere. And, and since we are mostly young people here, Um, We're glad you're with us. Um, I want to warn you against your natural impulse to portray your own wisdom. And so, since we see this contrast of a wisdom from above and an earthly wisdom, and it is clear, and we see that Human wisdom is not the right wisdom. What should we do? Well, James tells us, ask God. Ask for wisdom. Our verse instructs us to ask God for wisdom who gives it freely. I just reflect on that for a moment. Isn't it interesting that James says, ask? Ask. He doesn't say, well, if you lack wisdom, think. If you lack wisdom, take a deep look within yourself and you will find the answer. Isn't that what you hear today? It's like you know the answer. You just need to take a deep self-inspecting look and you will know the answer. No. What the Bible is saying is that wisdom, true wisdom, good wisdom, godly wisdom, comes from outside of ourselves, and that source is God Himself. Proverbs 2, verse 6, For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And, and we see James. James is very well versed in the Old Testament because as we read Proverbs, and, and I'm going through, through Proverbs at the moment in my, in my quiet time, and it's part of what, what inspired this message. But in, in the Old Testament, in Proverbs, we see over and over and over this constant desire. The, the first four chapters of Proverbs, seek wisdom, look for it, ask for it, And wisdom is personified. Now look at in, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5. Listen to this. Get wisdom. Get inside. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her. Her is referring to wisdom. And she will keep you. Love her. And she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get inside. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. We see the same thing here, a desire, an earnest asking in order to get wisdom. It is a, a search, a constant asking and knocking on, um, at the feet of Christ, asking for wisdom. One of the commentators puts it well. It says, but let us not think that any kind of asking suffices to put that great gift into our hearts. The petition that avails must be sincere, intense, constant, and accompanied by corresponding conduct. It is not dropping down on your knees for two minutes in the morning before you hurry out to business and scrambling over a formal petition or praying after you have gone to bed at night and, and perhaps falling asleep before you get to amen. 
It is not asking and then not waiting long enough to get the answer. It is not faint and feeble, feeble desire, but one presented with continuity, which is not shameless importunity, but patient persistence. It must breathe intense desire and perfect confidence in the willingness of the giver and in the power of prayer. It's, it's this constant asking, asking of God, recognizing again that we are not as wise as we think. We are not as wise as we think. But this part when he says, let him ask God who gives generously. God who gives freely. And here James points out a contrast between, again, man and God. How man gives and how God gives. God gives freely. This word translated liberally literally means simply without any by-ends or an any underlying thought of what is to be gained in return. And you know what this points to? The nature of God of self-sufficiency. God is self-sufficient. He doesn't give and expect something back. He doesn't need anything back. He gives entirely for our good. Not just wisdom, but His gifts to us is for our good because He doesn't need anything back. God is self-sufficient in Himself. And this is what makes God and, and what He does so amazing. It's because it, it really is for your and my good. The, the, uh, he gives us wisdom and it's for our benefit. It's for our good and for His glory. But isn't, isn't that what the gospel is about? For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. He gave. He didn't have to. It, it shows of, of not just His self-sufficiency, but His, his nature of mercy and, and love. He, he gave us Jesus Christ for us wretched sinners that we are and Christ came and, and died the, the, die, the death we should have died. He paid for our punishment. He gave us this freely, lavishly. And so when, he, when James goes and says he gives freely and without reproach, he's not like man. That, you know, he gave and then you mess up, and it's like, well, you messed up last time I gave you wisdom. You were so foolish. Don't come back here. God is saying, come, come, I will give you wisdom. You're, you're lacking wisdom, I will give you freely. That's what James is saying. Go to him, ask for wisdom, and I will give, God will give it to you freely without reproach. He permits us to come in the most free manner and meets us where we are with kindness and granting our requests. God freely gives us wisdom. So, as Proverbs says, 
And with that presupposition in mind that you're not as wise as you think you are, go to him. Ask for him. Knock on his door. Ask day and night, day and night, Lord, give me wisdom. Let your heart desire more of godly wisdom. And, and, and there's a big difference. There's a big difference in, in the wisdom given from above. As, as I'm reading, <clears throat> even with the life of Solomon, the Bible says that everyone was amazed at his wisdom. Remember what happened? God asked Solomon, what do you want? And Solomon asked for wisdom. God gives it to him. And everyone was amazed. Why was everyone amazed? He wasn't just another clever guy. It was a different wisdom, a supernatural wisdom, a wisdom from on high. And, and this is what you and I must, must desire. But there's a link here I want to point out uh, from this text, and that wisdom is linked with faith. This is the one condition that James gives in verse 6. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea is driven and, <clears throat> and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. There is a, there is a, a direct link here <clears throat> between the two. In, in verse 2, we see that, that James starts talking about the testing of your faith. They're going to trials and, and says, For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. All right? So he's just been talking about the testing of your faith and being complete, and then he uses these words, lacking in nothing. And the next, the very next sentence, if you lack, same word in the Greek, if you lack in any wisdom. And, and there is a, <clears throat> these two, wisdom and faith, go hand in hand. And not just in this context. We see, we, we mentioned already Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Lean <clears throat> uh, not in, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Lean not in your own understanding. <clears throat> uh, and, he will make your path straight. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Oh, thanks, Dan. This is what Paul says, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and knowledge of God's mystery, which in Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. Wisdom comes from trusting in the Lord. In Proverbs is the phrase over and over again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
the fear of the Lord, trusting in the Lord. So I want to make this statement. The more you trust God, the more you trust God, the wiser you become. See, it is Christ is referred to as the wisdom of God. The more you trust God, the more you trust in Christ, the wiser you become. Look at 1 Corinthians 1.24. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. And the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. Uh, Listen to this. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. And so as we're going through life, as we face trials, this is exactly the context that the, <clears throat> that the hearers of James are, are in. They are facing persecution. It's like you probably need some wisdom to face these trials and persecution. How should we go about? How do we do how do we get this wisdom? We, we ask God, but we trust Christ. Let me read a, a portion of a sermon from Spurgeon regarding Christ being the wisdom of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. The great things that He did before all worlds were proofs of His wisdom. He planned the way of salvation. He devised the system of atonement and substitution. He laid the foundations of the great plan of salvation. There was wisdom. But he built the heavens by wisdom. And he laid the pillars of light whereon the firmament is balanced by his skill and wisdom. Mark the world and learn as you see all its multi uh, dimensions, proofs of the wisdom of God, and, and there you have the wisdom of Christ. For He was the creator of it. And when He became a man, He gave proofs enough of wisdom. Even in childhood, when He made the doctor sit abashed by the questions that He asked, He showed that He was n- not mere mortal. And when the Pharisee and Sadducee and Herodian were all at last defeated and their nets were broken, he proved again the superlative wisdom of the Son of God. And when those who came to take him stood and chained by his eloquence, spellbound by his marvelous oratory, there was again a proof that he was the wisdom of God. Who could so enchain the minds of men? 
And now that He intercedes before the throne, throne of God, now that He is our advocate before the throne, the pledge and, sh- and surety for, for the blessed, now that the reins of government, government are in His hands and are ever wisely directed, we have abundant proofs that the wisdom of God is in Christ as well as the power of God. Bow before Him. You that love Him, bow before Him. You that desire Him, crown Him. Crown Him. Crown Him. He is worthy of it. Unto Him is everlasting might. Unto Him is unswerving wisdom. Bless His name. Exalt Him. Clap your wings, you seraphs. Cry aloud, you cherubim. Shout, shout, shout to His praise. You ransomed host above, and you, O men, that know His grace, extol Him in your songs forever, for He is Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. I hope one day I preach like that. It is in Christ, Christ is the wisdom of God. And as you seek Him, as you earnestly ask for wisdom, and as you trust Him in your day by day, in your circumstances, as you get to circumstances and to situations, and all of your being is, is, is pointing you to rely on your own understanding, on your own um, knowledge, on your own experience, trust God. Say, Lord, help me here because I'm not as wise as I think I am. And so, may God help us as we face trials and tribulations to, and I, I really believe that that presupposition is really helpful. That day by day, You and I have this attitude, I'm not as wise as I think I am. Christ, help me. Help me to trust in you. Seek his wisdom, wisdom from above. Let us pray. Oh, dear God, we... We want to ask for your wisdom, for godly wisdom, wisdom that comes from above, that is pure, is gentle. Help us to trust in you, trust in Christ in every circumstance. As we, as we face pandemics, as we face financial challenges, as we face difficult trials in, in, in relationships, as we, as we uh, struggle with uh, different things, uh, family relations, job relations. Lord, please help us to remember that we are not as wise as we think and to trust in Christ, the wisdom of God. To ask for wisdom, to be to be saturated by the word of God that that shows us the the steps that we should take. Oh Lord, I, I ask you, 
even for my own life, Lord. Help me not to lean on my own understanding. Each one of us in lean in our own experience to trust in you, to seek, seek for your wisdom, Lord. Would you please help us? In the precious name of Jesus, amen.